Welcome to the Capstone Simcast. I'm Heather Cole. And I am Holly Stokely. And today we are joined by Dr. Penny Watts. And it's really hard for me not to say Dr. Watts, but I've been told not to call her Dr. Watts. Um, so Penny, do you mind just giving us an intro and telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, like she said, I'm Penny Watts, and I'm currently the director of simulation for the UAB School of Nursing. I'm also involved in the interprofessional initiatives on campus, and currently I am the chair of the Anaxal Standards Committee and also the chair of the Chessie A subcommittee for SSH. And I've been at UAB School of Nursing for almost 16 years in this role, so I'm glad to be here with you guys today. So our focus of this um, episode is to talk about professional development and the professional development standard that has been created. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about the need for the new professional development standard? Absolutely. I think it has been one of the things that simulationists around the world have been looking for and needing, I think, for their institutions and for their own professional growth. Um, I think this was our first iteration. And when you consider all of the simulation centers around the world, um, we can't necessarily say you need to, you know, take a class that's five days long. You know, you, you can't really be that prescriptive. But we were able to set some guidelines for people as they move into the simulationist role. And I think it's very valuable um, for people to be trained and know about the science of simulation because it's no longer putting a mannequin in a room and hoping for the best. Um, that there really is um, a methodology to it, just as in teaching didactic or clinical or any other area of education. Um, so what what does professional development mean to you and how have you sought that out for your career? I think that's a really great question. Um, I think when I started in simulation with Dr. Epps, gosh, over 12, 13, 14 years ago, I can't remember. It's been quite a few years. Um, I knew nothing and I was a little sponge wanting to learn about it. And I think I did so many things wrong when I started. I knew there had to be a better way? Like, what is the right way? What, how do I need to do this appropriately for the learners? And I still, I mean, I've been around for a long time and I know quite a bit about it, but I still learn every day. I will never stop learning. And that's actually in the standard, being a lifelong learner and continually seeking and growing and changing as the literature and the research um, arena um, change, the landscape change in simulation. Can you tell us a little bit about the SSH Fellowship? I know that um, you have been a part of that process and maybe even part of the, the, are you part of the first cohort of that fellowship or how is that working? So um, are you referring to the fellows? The yes. SSH fellows. Okay. Um, I am not one of the first cohorts. That was probably five or six years ago. Um, so the fellows are a group of people that are, um, you know, dedicated to simulation, have had influence and in leadership nationally and internationally. And, um, 
you know, have kind of invested their lives into simulation and really um, gone beyond their world. And so I have, you know, I was, um, I guess, elected, um, admitted to the cohort this year, but five or six years ago, it was, it was the pioneers in simulation, you know, Pam Jeffries and um, David Gaba and, and the giants in simulation. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to be part of that group now, but. Um, um, so in talking kind of about, you know, organizations and fellowships, what are some like really good organizations for those who are stepping into simulation wanting to learn more? What are good organizations for them to join? I do think that's a really great question. Um, I think there's a lot of organizations around the world that people can join. You know, they can be, you know, a little bit expensive, some of them, um, but they come with many benefits. So one of the first ones I joined was an Axel, and I've been a member of that for probably 14 years. It's the International Association for Clinical Simulation and Learning. And that organization, while it has a nursing focus and sometimes a little more academic focus, they're really growing the hospital simulationist um, arena. And there's many professions that are a member of that organization. There are, there's a research fellowship. There are standards, of course, that um, have been developed. The conference is annual. They have also partnered with other simulation organizations to offer, um, I think the new name was like the best practices workshop. So they partnered with the Society for Simulation and Healthcare, as well as ASPE, which is a standardized patient organization to develop, um, you know, pretty economical workshops around the country. So everyone is able to get that best practice information on those areas in simulation. I think Society for Simulation and Healthcare is also an organization um, that I've been a part of as well. I go to both conferences for different things. They both have journals as well, um, which is important. There's webinars that they both offer, especially with your membership. Um, there's listservs and there's open forums where you can post questions. And I follow that daily. I, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I follow them daily on what's new. If someone has a question, I sometimes have the same question or I might offer an answer and there's groups. Um, I think I'm glad you brought up this question because the simulation community is very important to me. And sometimes it's not even the organizations. I meet with people from Miami and Nashville, I have some sim friends, I call them sim sisters, um, that we talk on the phone once a week or meet a monthly on Zoom to network and come up with projects and so forth. Um, I also think like the Alabama League for Nursing, there's a lot of things that are on simulation at the ALN. Um, there's, you know, there's some alliances around Alabama um, as well, but I'm sure I could think of a few more, but I know the NLN too has many resources as well for simulation. So you mentioned several conferences that you attend with Anaxol and SSH. What are um, just kind of an overview of the conferences that you recommend for those interested in simulation or those just getting started in simulation? Um, I think the Anaxol conference is a little more nursing focused and um, it's a little more, I want to say, less expensive because it tends to be an area or places that are not as expensive. And there's so many nurses that are presenting on, you know, 
and P programs, bachelor's programs, you know, there's some hospital there as well, but it's a community of people and it's much smaller. So it's a little more intimate. Um, and they're all over this year. It's in Milwaukee, actually in June. And this is the SSH, the Society for Simulation and Healthcare. They tend to be bigger. There'll be 3000, 4000 people there. And there are people from all over. So I think it depends, you know, maybe if you're new an Axel might be the first one. But, you know, there's a lot of procedural things that are happening at SSH. So procedural training, the vendor group that come, there's so many new products out um, and meeting with them and just getting the ideas that there's often um, like showcases and, you know, people teaching different things and workshops. And I think the workshops hands on are a lot better than just a didactic but both of them offer that. I think those are, this year SSH is in Orlando. So um, it's in January. I'm excited about that one. But as a new simulation specialist, um, I had the opportunity to go to SimOps. And that oh, was yeah. my very first Oh, absolutely. And I loved how there was such a diverse group of yep. attendees. I mean, there were a lot of EMS, but then there were also physicians and then there were people that had nothing to do with the medical, uh, had a medical background, but it was so great to see the different perspectives. And like you said, the workshops, I loved the moulage workshops and how you can use 3D printing and things that you normally wouldn't think of. I'm really glad you brought up SimOps. I'm, I'm thinking, and this was very wrong of me, I'm thinking like educator wise, and I forget that we have an ops side and there's Sim Ops, there's Sim Ghost. And actually, Lance Bailey has a great um, newsletter that comes out, healthysim.com, I think is what it is. And it's on all different kinds of subjects. And I think in simulation, this is something that we struggled with with the professional development standard. We're all called something different. So some schools call the simulation educator a simulation specialist. Well, in my institution, a simulation specialist is really the ops person. So it's it overlaps, like all of our areas kind of overlaps. So sim ops, I have not been to a sim ops, um, but so many things there would apply to some of the things that I do and vice versa. So, so I'm glad you brought those up. Um, so one of the other things we really wanted to talk about is that there's actually credentialing for those who are involved in simulation. And a lot of folks don't realize that you can get certified. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, what certifications are available um, and what those certifications are? Sure. So um, the very first, I took the pilot for the CHSC, which is Certified Healthcare Simulation Educator, um, 100 eons ago. So it is, it tends to be focused more on the educational side of simulation. And we call it a chessy or cheesy, whichever one um, you want to call it. It is really for someone who has been involved in the simulation arena, either in research, administration, or education for around two years. So it's really sort of a basic simulationist um, that can sit for that certification. And on the website, it actually has a blueprint for the Chessy exam. And it talks about a little bit about some of the knowledge that you have to have. And it sort of outlines the content areas. So as a simulationist, you got to know a little bit about standardized patients. You got to know a little bit about 
equipment, you know, educational pedagogy, um, Bloom's taxonomy, you know, but it gives you sort of an outline for that. And I really think certification is a way for us to validate um, our skills and expertise. And I think it's really growing um, and now being required for simulationists when they have a job or, or going to a job. Um, so there's Chessy. Um, another basic certification that's an exam is CHSOS. It's for our operations specialist. And a lot of people are dual certified in Chessy and CHSOS due to their role. So CHSOS tends to be more for the operations people, even from an administrative, a technical expertise. And it does, there's also a blueprint for that that outlines sort of what's required in that in the blueprint. And it's still some educational stuff, but more, you know, operations and technical. Now, there's also for the CHESI, there's the CHESI Advanced for the Advanced Educator. This is a portfolio exam, and I chair that subcommittee for SSH. This is for the people that have been involved in simulation for at least five years, and they have demonstrated leadership, expertise, and influence within simulation. So let's say that I am doing such a great job in simulation in my school. And in my job, I do this, but I don't do anything in other organizations. I'm not disseminating within the simulation community. I would probably not be qualified. There's a list of criteria. It does require a master's degree or equivalency, but we really wanna see how you have contributed individually to the simulation community and that you are an expert in designing simulation experiences. And it's a portfolio, so there's questions, a CV that you have to submit that show, you know, you're chairing a committee or you have presented posters or you have a blog or a podcast as such, and who are you reaching um, with that? So that one's a little more advanced. This past year, SSH actually released a new, um, I helped with it in the beginning, the CHSOS Advanced. So for those in operations, there's an advanced, same thing, kind of set up the same way as the Chessy A for the ops people that have really become experts and have disseminated their expertise as well. So those tend to be our major four right now certifications that's offered through SSH. Um, and Anaxel sort of has the standards and SSH has the certifications and it's very collegial and it's just the setup that there's a great partnership with the simulation organizations. Yeah, I love that, you know, the two organizations complement each other. They don't overlap very much, but they help to complement um, each other. So if somebody's interested and if we, you know, meeting those requirements and want to test, where does testing typically take place? So historically, before the pandemic, um, you can take them at various testing sites around the country. And this is international. So people around the world, and you can actually go on the website and see the SSH website and see where everyone is certified. Now, um, they have actually gone to some online testing as well. So I, I, I think there, there's a lot of virtual going on. You can take them, take them at the conference as well. Usually there's 50 or 60 that take the exams at the conference. 
but I believe there's still the testing sites, depending upon the COVID guidelines that are um, in place at that point, but also some online testing as well. So I'm actually not sure today, you know, it changes, <laughs> um, but it, all that information is on the website and it outlines a nice blueprint for you um, to kind of go through and see. I had to study a little bit on some things because, you know, SPs is not my wheelhouse. Um, so there's a lot of resources for that. One question um, I had, and I think I completely lost it. Oh, now I found it. Um, so if I look at the SSH calendar of events, um, I can see where they meet so often to go over the blueprint or things like that. Do you have to get accepted into those um, groups or can anyone join to or those SSH webinars or sessions? Uh, some of them, I believe, are free. So like an Axel will have some free ones. And then um, some of them you have to pay for. There is a readiness course for the Chessie. And I think you do have to pay for that. And it kind of goes through and helps you think about areas and things. It's not really a test prep type of course, um, but it does review the information and kind of um, tells you where you are at that point. Um, but being a member of both really adds some benefit in those um, areas. But I know you have to purchase or pay to go to the readiness blueprint. I think that we could probably spend all day with you and just soak up every bit of simulation knowledge. <laughs> um, but we will be respectful of your time. So we thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Anytime. And I, I will talk about any of the standards or anything. And if I don't have an answer, I have a whole group of people um, that would love to talk to you. Oh, I'll put a plug in. There are webinars at Anaxel on all the standards. And those are actually, I believe, free. Um, and the standards, of course, are free online as well. So lots of good things. That's wonderful. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back for um, another guest sure. spot on one of our episodes. Sure. We've appreciated this so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. We want to thank our listeners for joining us, and we hope you will join us next week for another episode of the Capstone Simcast with some excellent guest speakers. Mm -hmm.